you have just stumbled into, I think, the single biggest tragedy. And this transcends both food and skincare. We have all been hoodwinked into thinking that vitamins and minerals that are unnaturally manufactured is somehow on par with natural nutrition. And the same thing has happened with skincare. You have to think about the human capacity to metabolize those nutrients. And recognize, that's, your body has to recognize the molecular structure. If it's synthetic, it's not recognizable by your body. It's a testament to how far removed so many people are from our food supply. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Before we join this amazing conversation, I wanted to share with you an exciting announcement. I am finally, finally, after everybody asking and people telling me I should, producing my first online course for women. And you know what's funny? There's men interested in it too. Why? Because it's about the four life stages of womanhood. The four major archetypes that all of us women go through in life. The maiden, the warrior, the mother, and the wise woman. And this course is a compilation of so much of my work in deep dive study that I share with you how I've learned to navigate these different stages, how they all interrelate, how we can live life gracefully and wisely and progress through stages with wisdom. This course is packed full of stuff. We talk about how these different life stages correlate with moon cycles. That's right. The seasons of the year and even the four functions of consciousness. It's packed with amazing, helpful, practical information, and it's going to be a lot of fun that I guarantee you will love. If you buy the course, you have lifetime access. There's training modules and video and even handouts, and you will have live calls with me and the other participants so we can share in this community together. I can't wait to offer this for you. So if you're interested, make sure you're on my email list so you will hear about it. That's amyfournier.com to sign up. So there you go, my friends. Super excited to connect with you on this online course, Goddess Rising. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to share with you all the things that I've learned that have helped me navigate through this crazy journey we're on together. It's like the structured coherent water that's in this cute little wand, which is the size of basically a large pen, can fit in your purse, pocket, whatever. I travel with mine, everything, is the conductor of an orchestra. All the other water molecules are like the, you get the cello and the drum and the bass and the, the harp and all these different instruments. But the wand is like the master conductor, which is going to structure them and make it sound in harmony. Otherwise, you're just going to have noise, which you guys called chaos. Water loves to be coherent, and it takes over the energy from the coherent state. Water knows that it is out of balance, and it wants immediately come back to its most original state. If you want to have the right Beethoven, use this one. There you go. Okay, analemo-water.com. 
If you want to purchase your own wand, which we highly recommend, you can get it there. You can also get it on my website. I only put products I believe 100% use personally on mine. I couldn't get this on my website fast enough in my e-store to share with people. And you can even save 10%. You use the Amy coupon. It's on my website. Thank you for providing that, by the way. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you to be healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as harmonize your masculine and feminine energy, tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Today, we get into the body, one of my favorite topics. It goes back to my origins back decades ago when I was a personal trainer and aerobics instructor. Yes, I wore those thong leotards and leg warmers and all that crazy Jane Fonda stuff. If you're my age, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a lot younger, you have no clue what I'm talking about. But my origins did start in health and nutrition. So I love, love, love today's discussion with my guest, Charles Mayfield, because we talk about fat and we talk about skincare. So we're talking about beauty and health and nutrition and even organic farming in the food industry. We're talking about pigs and why pigs are awesome. Do you have a pig? Do you know anything about pigs? What do you know about fat, saturated fat, unsaturated fat, healthy fats, cooking fats, the fats that are good for your skin and skincare? Are you spending a lot of money on expensive skincare ointments for anti-aging and different benefits? Well, you're going to love this conversation today because Charles Mayfield is the founder of Faro Skincare. He's a father and he's a farmer. He has a lot of experience in fitness and health and wellness, and he's also a published author and advocate for regenerative farming. And he's the founder of one of my newest, most favorite skincare company lines called Faro Skincare. It's based on lard, which is rendered pig fat. But before you freak out, take a deep breath, and let me remind you that all ancient cultures, particularly in America, used lard and pig fat as a staple in their everyday life. It was like basically life was impossible without pig fat. They used it in cooking, they used it to make things, and it basically kept them healthy and happy. This is such a fun conversation. We cover a lot of ground because we talk about the origins of Charles as a farmer, because he wasn't always a farmer. He went from fitness to farming. And let me tell you, my friends, it looks like I'm following in his footsteps from fitness to farming. I think I'm going to become a farmer. He gives us some practical tips to starting your own small farm. And we talk about the importance of soil. What is regenerative farming? Why it's important? Why it's important that you spend the money on properly raised animals and plants and regenerative biodynamic organic foods. Why should you spend the additional money? The importance of having nutrient-dense foods, which you will find only in those types of foods. And why eating and using plant-based products are actually harder for your body to utilize than anything that comes from an animal. We talk a lot about bioavailability and why you want to know what that is. Why pigs are Charles's favorite animal 
and why pigs are unique on any homestead, the unique role that they play, the different types of lard, leaf lard, and tallow, and what the differences are between all of them, the different roles of ruminant animals and monogastric animals, and we, we get a lot into the weeds about why this stuff is important, the different types of fat, how subcutaneous fat is different from visceral fat, how the pig is such a beautiful animal that really gels well with human beings. Did you know that their fat as well as their pH are very, very similar. They actually mimic human fat and human pH. And that's why in modern medicine, we harvest pig organs because they're very similar to human organs. You've probably heard of someone having a pig valve transplanted into them when they have problems with their heart because pig cellular biology is very similar to humans. That's why it makes perfect sense to use pig fat in our skin care because our skin is very similar to their skin. So I have become a believer. This is my new favorite skincare line, Faro Skincare. I couldn't put this on my website fast enough because it's different than all the other stuff I have there. This is animal-based. It's lard-based. It's regeneratively farmed. It's natural. It's holistic. And Charles Mayfield has the same values and reverence and respect for life and nature as I do and as probably you do. And it works. My skin loves it. I discovered it in the middle of a very harsh New England winter where it is rough on skin. It's like single digits. The wind chill is brutal. I have to be outside all the time with my dogs. I am a beach summer girl who wants to live in flip-flops and bikinis. I don't like cold weather. This stuff has saved me. And Charles was generous enough to give us a special coupon for you. So if you want to try this wonderful product line, you can go ahead to my website, amyfournier.com, or just go to faro.life.com and enter the code Aphrodite at checkout, and you'll save 15%. I absolutely guarantee you are going to love it. Some of my favorites are the Skin Face Serum and the Epidermis which is an all-natural, chemical and toxin-free answer to skin abuse. I put that on my hands, you know, like the rough cuticles and all that stuff, especially at night before I go to bed. Sometimes I even put it on my lips if they're wind-chapped. I absolutely love this line. You're going to learn so much on this episode. I know you're going to love it. I am thrilled to share it with you. This is one of my favorite episodes and why I love bringing you this show so much. So please check out pharaoh.life, enter the code Aphrodite. And if you like this type of discussion, you're going to want to check out episode 165 with Autumn Smith where we talk more about the food system. Episode 131, Ancestral Nutrition for a Modern Appetite with celebrity chef James Berry and one of my favorite seasonings, Pluck Organ Meats. That's 131. Episode 124, The U.S. Food Industry and Not Using Genetically Modified Organisms with the one and only Zen Honeycut from Moms Across America. That's episode 124. Episode 121, Sacred Feminine Skin Care with C. Solis and Hannah Marabani. Episode 98, The Truth About Organic Food with Jared Picard. And episode 84, 
with Food Forest Abundance with Jim Gale. So those are some additional episodes of Awakening Aphrodite you might want to hit up if you're interested in this type of topic. So let's now join and learn a lot about the wonderful world of pigs because I think I'm going to be getting a pig and after you hear this you might want to get one too. I have a newfound respect and love for piggies. So let's now join Charles Mayfield and Pharaoh's Skincare. And we're back, everybody. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. My guest today is Charles Mayfield. Charles, welcome to the show. Amy, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. My goodness. Everybody knows I've been in holistic health for many decades now. And uh, you're just right up my alley. I mean, I found your products, Faro Skin Care, uh, gosh, it must have been a couple months ago now through Weston A. Price Organization, whom I've been following and studying for many decades throughout my careers in holistic nutrition and health. And uh, you're just you're just a godsend. I mean, you've made this amazing brand and product based on all the values and principles that I hold dear and many people in our community do. And uh, I'm so excited to share you with my audience to educate all of us on the ecosystem, regenerative farming, the values and benefits and importance of saturated fats, animal products, ancient nutrition and wisdom, getting back to understanding how it's always been, what works, the truth of it. And, uh, and of course, your amazing, beautiful product line, which I personally use every single day now. I become a big fan. Um, so, Charles, welcome to the show. And uh, tell us a little bit about where you are and just a synopsis of what got you started along this path of skincare and your love of pigs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful intro, Amy. Thank you very much. Oh, goodness gracious. Where to start? Well, I... Uh, Pharaoh as a company is really an amalgamation. Uh, I would even say a, a cross pollination of uh, I have a joy for for working with my hands, uh, workshop cooking, things of that nature. Have for some time. I, I've co-authored a number of cookbooks in the in the paleo space. Um, fell in love with just sort of general fitness and, and nutrition a number of years ago through the CrossFit community. Um, I'm sure everyone listening's probably heard of CrossFit. It, it's um, become quite popular, but um, but yeah, and that's that was what exposed me uh, very uh, early on to the idea of nutrition, and and uh, ironically, it was it was CrossFit that led me to Paleo, and Paleo that led me to uh, Weston A. Price. Uh, we were we were talking before we we hit record about just all the different cross cross pollinations between our respective audiences and, and, um, and influences. And so, yeah. And, and, and it was the paleo movement, uh, that exposed me to polyface farms, exposed me to, um, Weston a price. And, and I would say ultimately sort of got me bitten by the farming bug. Uh, I, I started reading about everything I could get my hands on from Joel Salatin. This was, oh gosh, circa 2000. 13, 14, 15. And um, yeah, long story short, I, I, I've been in the health and wellness space tangentially for about 15 years, ran my own uh, gym in Atlanta for a number of years. And, and again, it was that community that really drew my interest towards 
um, clean food and then also where we source that from. And, and that's moved up back up to Tennessee. I lived in Atlanta for gosh, 24, 25 years. I start, went to college there and, and stayed. And uh, ultimately, you know, in 2015, 16, made the decision to sort of exit the gym, get up to Tennessee and try, try my hand at farming. Had not, you know, some people sort of presume that I grew up in a farming environment and, and I did not. And so, uh, yeah, we cranked up the uh, pastured meat production. Uh, little, little mom and pop sort of Mayfield Pastures was the name of our uh, I would call it sort of a buyer's club driven micro polyface model. Um, and, uh, and that was where I fell in love with pigs. So I, we, we had our first test batch of chickens and pigs was the fall of 2016. Um, and despite some, some early challenges and, and, uh, hard lessons in the, uh, in the farming space, I, I, you know, <laughs> hung in there and, and uh, yeah, re really developed over over the four, five, six years of 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 doing all of that. Really, have developed a, an appreciation and passion for for the pig. Okay, so can you give me some tips on your beginning with farming? Because I'm a big proponent of that with my audience in my personal life. My we're recording this in winter. And uh, spring is around the corner, which I'm counting the days because right now is the first winter in many years I've been up in New England and uh, whew, it's pretty rough in February. And I'm just like, oh, only a few more weeks. And I'm constantly telling my dogs, only a few more weeks. I can't feel my fingers, but that's okay. A few more weeks. And I'm already getting my eyes toward the spring because this is going to be the first year with my new property that I'm going to have my own garden. And I'm going to hook up with Jim Gale, my buddy from uh, Food Forest Abundance. And if people want to look into that, it's on my e-store. They help you get a, uh, just make the use of land and property and mm. work with the soil, work with your climate, the zone, all that stuff, how you can start your own garden and do it responsibly, biodynamically, all those beautiful things. But I'm so excited, Charles, because I have been dreaming about this for years and years and years, and I finally have my home where I can have my own garden. But I have, I don't have a green thumb. I have no thumb. Okay. I, I don't even know how to grow a tomato. Okay. So I'm starting from scratch and I know a lot of my audience are too, but we, we want to get started. You know, we're like, all right, sure. I know it's important not only to be self-sufficient a little bit and not be so dependent on the man, but also just because Everything, you know what I'm learning about farming and growing your own food, Charles, is that you develop a, a, a relationship with nature on a different level. There's something about, yeah, literally getting your hands in the dirt, your feet in the dirt, but you you commune with nature and our origins. And there's so many layers to it. It's so much more than just the economical providing for your, you know, substance needs. It's, it goes beyond that. It goes into the esoteric and the spiritual, which I'm looking forward to, but, but not to get ahead of myself. I guess my original question was when you started farming, which I'm surprised to hear was only 2015, I think you said, would you have any beginning tips for us that are just getting started on our, our home garden, our home farm, maybe the person who wants to get a couple of chickens and start growing some vegetables, any, any practical tips for us? 
Sure. So, well, for starters, I would, I would tell everyone to separate plants and animals. Okay. So they, they both mean farming, but uh, plants don't get up and walk off. So uh, it's okay to start plants and animals, but, but, but those are in many respects, the, the, well, let let me say this. Uh, anything Joel Salatin has written. If you're interested in backyard animal husbandry, uh, his light one of his latest books, and and I'm a the Salatin family have been unbelievably generous to me over the years with their time uh, and their talents. I've 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 pilgrimed up to Polyface, gosh, over a dozen times at this point. In fact, my my the first time I met Sally Fallon Morell what was at Polyface Farm back in 2013. Anyway. Um, from, from Weston A. Price. Yeah. From Weston A. Price, correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that was the year, I'll tell you, just to uh, historically uh, put some stuff in context, that was the first formal big-time fundraiser for the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund, which I believe launched in 2012 or 2013. Um, I bring that up for your listeners. The Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund is an absolute dynamo of an organization uh, if you want to look into them, uh, you know, a very small donation uh, or membership there goes a very long way. They represent farmers when when uh, overreaching government uh, authorities uh, step in. Um, uh, you know, probably the most famous recently is this Amos uh, Miller guy, bio biodynamic farm up in Pennsylvania that's just been shut down back and forth a couple times. It's really really sad. Anyway. Um, when it comes to animal husbandry at any scale, I, I, I generally default to to the work of of Joel Salatin and the and the Salatin family. Uh, he has a, a later newest book, one of his newest books called Polyface Micro, which is basically their model necked down to a homesteading more type scale. Uh, when it comes to so that's that's for the animals. When it comes to the plants. Goodness gracious, uh, Diego Footer and Paper Pot is a great, uh, I think he was Permaculture Voices was his uh, platform for a number of years. Um, Nature's Always Right, good buddy of mine, Stephen Cornett. He's very, very talented in the, there's a lot of Korean biodynamic uh, farming when it comes to, you know, soil prep and things of that nature. But there's 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 countless resources out there. Um, for, for anyone. That's the beauty of the, of the world we live in today. I, but, but at a very, very baseline tip, I would say start small and, and, and read a lot before you, before you start. And how did you actually get started then before we get to your pig relationship? Uh, Did you start with, okay, we're just going to start with a garden with some cucumber and tomatoes, and then we'll get a few chickens or how did you actually get started that evolved into your whole business? Yeah, so I grew up. My mom had a a huge garden when we were growing up, and she and to this day she still cans you know beans and tomatoes every awesome. fall. Wow. Um, so my my gardening exploits have been you know just I, I I've been able to garden you know luckily or unluckily for forever. Uh, my farming exploits specifically were really around meat production, and so you know I, again garden. Garden's great, but um, my my most of my energy and research and 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 actions were in raising. We start so to answer your question, we started off with with uh, meat chickens, layers, and a and a small batch of pigs, and quickly added 
uh, cows maybe the following year. Uh, sm- very, very small herd. But, uh, but yeah, so it, for, for those listening that want to sort of get started, you know, chickens are sort of the gateway drug uh, is what a lot of people um, uh, reference. I would say if, I, if, you know, again, if you had one thing to pick, yeah. you know, obviously ch- making sure everything jives with your local, you know, municipality or, or city codes or ordinances or whatever, you'd, you'd be amazed at how, yeah. how onerous some places are about, about backyard chickens. But I, I would tell almost anybody wanting to dip their toes in the water um, backyard laying hens are a great starting spot um, as opposed to meat birds. Now meat birds are great as well. These are, you know, Cornish cross broilers or the freedom rangers, but meat chickens um, are a nice, again, just sort of starter kit. And again, Salatin's got a, a number of um, great books, pasture poultry profits is, I would say, I would say the Bible for starting backyard chickens at any scale. Yeah, there's a lot of great resources and I get and God, Joel Salatin is just like a, a legend, you know. I mean that's oh, yeah. such a great and how lucky for you you've actually worked oh, with him and not wow. Super lucky. Mentor, yeah. Huh? yeah so we started fun. with uh I started with a test batch of 50 broilers, and then I think I got 30 layers, and then I ordered 10 piglets. This was my my very first order, and the 50 broilers, uh I think we ended up ordering about 70 and, you know, you have a brooder and we lost a few in the brooder and we, we ended up with about 45 to 50 chickens that we, um, I, I sent off somewhere to have them processed, but those were my, that's what, those were my seeding birds. So I took a chicken around to a bunch of friends and, Hey, taste this, eat this. How, you know, would you want more of this? And of course yeah. everyone was blown away. And so, so yeah, once we figured out we could we could do it um, at a small scale, then we just kept doing it. Okay, so let's get into that. You said everybody was blown away, and this is what happens: is when people taste food, the way food was originally designed to taste, because it's grown the way it's supposed to grow, it's a whole different thing. I mean, how many people? We'll go to a farmer's market or, you know, hopefully you have, and especially children where, you know, you pick something right off the tree or whatever, and it's delicious. It doesn't need all the condiments. It doesn't need all the sugars and oils and all that because it's so good. I know when I go to California and see Paul or any of my friends there and they have all the local food, it's like, I feel like I'm just eating candy every meal because it's just the way it's supposed to be because the nutrition is there and, and now it's gone. And that's why people have to adulterate all the foods and add all the chemicals and whatever, because the food doesn't taste like anything. No wonder why kids don't like vegetables because they taste like cardboard or they're, you know, worse. They've got stuff in it you don't want. So let's talk about regenerative farming um, what, what is it, Charles, and why is it important and, and how can we support it or even maybe do it on our own? Sure. Great question. A uh, bunch of different, I mean, regenerative farming is pretty broad term. Uh, I, I, I have a very simple definition of regenerative farming. Any farming practices that naturally build soil. Okay. I, I, I believe if, if at, the, at the end of the day you're building soil, then you're leaning into natural systems 
and animal husbandry, you're, you're check, you have to check all the boxes. If you want to, if you want to build soil, uh, th then you have to farm, uh, it, with nature, not, not against it. And so, you know, if, if you look at the, the corn belt in the United States of America, you know, where we grow most of our grain, uh, Missouri, Iowa, you know, those big flat, uh, stretches of land again, called the corn belt that that soil was built over you know hundreds of thousands of years of herding bison and uh and pred predators pushing the you know keeping the bison herded together and then moving them all along the landscape and then migratory birds coming coming in behind the the uh the herbivores and 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 you know cleaning up and so we're just sort of trying to take a natural system that you know sequesters carbon out of the air uh utilizes the sun uh, all these natural systems uh doesn't overburden the land um your, your your listeners if they if they decide to do backyard chickens i'm i'm so excited for them if they leave their backyard chickens in the same place for more than 15 or 20 days you have a barren patch of soil because chicken's going to eat every little thing that hops up out of the ground. And so, you know, in a natural system, animals move. Animals never stay in the same place for very long. They don't, they don't overtax the, uh, the land, you know, pigs, pigs get a bad rap because pigs are destructive and they are pigs are one of the most destructive animals you've ever run across. Well, that, that disturbance, that destruction on the landscape has a role right like like any other type of disturbance it has a role but when we when we allow that disturbance to to be over applied is when it becomes a a, a con versus a pro if that makes sense and so you know the importance of you, you mentioned it earlier you know the the nutritional value in our food has just gradually over over time has gone down and down and down and down you know in terms of the nutrient density you know a tomato today versus a tomato you know 50 years ago a carrot uh any of any of the vegetables fruits uh of today uh we don't have seasonality anymore you know we're we're, we're shipping things in from south america in the dead of winter so the consumer's you know, conceptuality of strawberries is they're fresh year round. And that's just simply, you know, if you want a, a the best tasting and most nutrient dense strawberry, then you're going to, you're going to get it locally in the spring. And if you don't live somewhere where you can get strawberries and you really want strawberries, then you should move somewhere where, where strawberries can be grown. Um, Part of the reason our food today is less nutrient dense is because we have mined so much nutrients from the soil and we've eroded so much of our soil. And one of the beauty, beautiful things about regenerative agriculture, I, holistic land management is another term uh, for your listeners, the work of Alan Savory and the Savory Institute. He's another, you know, absolute world beater in terms of um, understanding how natural systems work and and reversing desertification and all these various things and his origin story is is unbelievable. But um, but yeah, that's I mean in, in a nutshell, 
regenerative agriculture, regenerative farming is, is working with nature to build soil, period. And, and what I heard, heard you're saying is uh, basically you were referring to the monocropping going on today. So like in modern conventional agriculture and food production, let's just paint a picture for all of us. Um, it's like this massive project where they have one type of crop grown on this massive field. And please, can you elaborate just for our audience, for all of us to understand? Because we... I. I'm just going to say I think there's a concerted effort to separate the the, the consumer from the producer and oh, to, to kind of, of, yeah, like a veil of deception of what's happening and, you know, like purposeful deceptive marketing of even like saying like a eggs are vegetarian fed, like it's, it's a, a good thing. thing. It's, it's like, like, are you insane? insane? Uh, <laughs> chickens are not... Uh, um, vegetarian they eat bugs they're 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 omnivores right so i mean all this stuff is just sick because it's literally misinformed and misleading on purpose but can you paint for us like you know when we're buying food like if we people might think okay i'm buying eggs i'm trying to eat healthy i'm gonna buy some meats and i'm gonna have vegetables but i really don't want to pay more for organic or free range or wild paint for us a picture as to why it's important to go with the free range, the the regenerative farm, the biodynamic farm, the organic, because the when it's not the conventional is the monocrop, like you said, it's less nutrition. I mean, it's raping the soil. Blah blah blah. Like, like why, why it's important, important Charles? Well, I mean, for starters, we, I think we can all agree that we'd like to have soil and the ability to grow food. And the ability to eat food in 50 years, because I've got young kids and I want, you know, they're going to have kids one day. And so um, why is it important? Again, this is all documented. You can look this up. We're losing, I forget how many metric tons of topsoil. The the, the World Health Organization, and I want to say there's a several global organizations that have pinpointed that we will run out of topsoil. I think we have between 40 to 60 harvests globally, globally left. Okay, let, just let me paint a picture for everyone listening. There is no lab. There is no lab that you can build, okay, that can grow food as well as healthy, vibrant, living soil, period. Yeah. End of story. And, and I would add, there's also no lab that doesn't have inputs coming into it that need to be grown in order to uh, make food. Um, for your listeners, when it comes to the organic label or the this, I, I would say that if you're buying fruits and vegetables, uh, organic is, is, is a wise choice. Um, when it comes to animal protein, um, I'm, I'm going to separate animals into two categories. One is monogastric omnivores and one is ruminant herbivores. Okay. And, and there's a very important distinction there. We've mentioned chicken. We, you know, pigs are my favorite. We've mentioned eggs. Okay. So we got chicken meat, pork, and eggs. Well, eggs come from chickens, which are a monogastric omnivore. I would even argue carnivore. They're, they're more carnivorous than, uh, I, I really, I, I chuckle and I appreciate that you bring it up. It's like vegetarian fed eggs. Yeah, it's like, drives me crazy. You, 
we've lost our intuition, Amy. It's yeah. just hilarious. And people pay um, more for that. And it's like, oh, that's exactly it's... what you don't want. Plus that means they're getting soy, which isn't even real. It's Yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah. we've got on one side, we've got ruminant herbivores. So this is your beef. Uh, this is your lamb. This is your bison, elk, you know, deer, anything eating grass. And then over here, uh, categorically, you've got uh, monogastric omnivores so chicken that means one stomach Mono one stomach one stomach like us like people have one stomach it's correct. different okay absolutely so um we'll get into this later but one of the reasons pharaoh i believe is is so highly effective is because of the resemblance and 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 biomimicry between us the human species and pigs and it is fascinating how similar to pigs we are and so, anyway, I say all that to say the organic, back to food labels, right? Back to shopping and, and, and discernment. I would tell anybody listening, for eggs, pastured. If you can find pastured eggs as a label, then then, then we're, we're doing really well. But if you can't, that's okay. Store-bought chicken and store-bought pork this this is this is where I sort of draw a gray line with consumers, okay? Because I candidly think that store bought. When I say store bought, I mean industrially raised, you know, pork and chicken. Conventional, yeah. Conventional, like yeah. Raised in an, in an industrial house, you know, robbed of its yeah. in, anything remotely resembling its natural environment, all the things. Um, that might as well be a completely different product mm -hmm. than pastured chicken and pork okay and i say all that to say that i view chicken and pork as the dessert of protein consumption this is my own personal view you know we would not be we would not be eating chicken uh, ch ch chicken is a is a 50 year old phenomenon in 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 our diet because, you know, if you look at a chicken from 50 years ago, they were all laying eggs. There were no meat chickens. And you had this razor breasted. I mean, you, they were scrawny. They wouldn't even little, recognize yeah, a chicken yeah. from from 50 years ago. Wasn't much meat on them anyway. So. No. So this, and, 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 you know, and, and again, the, the modern Cornish cross broiler is an absolute phenom in terms of what we have the capacity to do. Yeah. In in animal breeding. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so pork and chicken, you know, if you're buying it at the store, you know, just be wary. Get your leaner cuts. You know, uh, I mean, bacon's bacon. You know, I don't want to tell I don't want to run anybody away from bacon. But, you know, Swift Smithfield bacon is a far cry from, you know, polyface bacon or white oak pastures uh, eat wild uh, before i before i forget for your listeners eatwild.com is a great resource to go to plug in your zip code and find farmers they're not all going to be necessarily growing things organically or you know a, along the same fashion that i'm talking about but most of them that are on that site you'll be able to have a conversation Go out and, and visit, shake a hand. You know, I would say local trumps any other label that you can get at the, I don't care if it says organic or, you know, 
sprayed over daily or whatever. Like there's no label that you can that you can buy at the store that will trump I just shook this person's hand and bought local, right? Uh, you're, you know, you're keeping your money in your local economy. Uh, all, all sorts of really big benefits come from that. Um, okay, so over here in ruminant world, beef, you know, lamb, uh, le labels are less important, it's, you know, candidly. I, and I tell people this, you know, you, you hear it all the time, Amy. I know you hear this. It's like eating healthy is expensive. And it's like, well, diabetes is expensive, too. It's it's really expensive, as well you as know. Missing work and uh, yeah, and, and all those during things. During the day, you can't focus because you're not eating right, so your blood sugar's screwed up. So you're not efficient when you're working, and you're half working, you're half not working, and you're tired, and you're overdoing on Red Bull and coffee because you're trying to keep it. That's expensive. That's expensive. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah. so you know, I tell people preferentially. Prefer, you know, if, if we're building a, a, a stable nutritional protocol, you know, animal protein should be the foundation. And I would say preferentially in that foundation, lean into the ruminant herbivorous animals. You know, again, beef, lamb, uh, you know, if you're a hunter, you know, deer and elk, whatever, bison, whatever the case may be. That should be the majority of your foundation in terms of and eggs. You know, obviously, but then over here, you know, you can add pork, of course, big fan of pork, love it, add chicken as you, as you like, but, but, you know, the, the bulk of your eating needs to be, I, I believe needs to be red meat. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then, you know, we've talked about vegetables and raising your own gardens and all those things, all, all that's great, but the foundation, you know, in terms of nu nutrient density in terms of um, consumer quality, I, I it, it's hard to it's hard to argue with even store bought beef. It's 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 could could you do better? You know, ordering from Polyface or White Oak, of course, but store bought Walmart brand ground beef it's still a far cry better than any box of cereal on any store shelf in America. Yeah, I I'm glad you kind of put that caveat on there because I would say sure if it's if you're if you're saying it's a toss up between conventional regular beef and like a twinkie. All right, yeah. But but you know, otherwise to your point earlier, regenerative is important. Wild, free range, organic, all this is important because the bigger picture is not only are you what you eat, but you are what you ate, ate. And you are what you ate, how they lived, just like humans. And now that we're starting to understand and value more mainstreamly the importance of our lifestyle of, okay, it's not just about exercise and diet. Now we're also realizing that we have to look at our sleep we have to look at our stress. We have to look at our water consumption, our exposure to natural light, our movement all day long, not just our 30 minutes a day and then we sit the rest of the day, our relationships, our lifestyle as human beings are affecting our overall health. Same thing goes for what we're eating. Mm -hmm. The lifestyle of your pigs, Charles. 
<laughs> the way that those little pigs, as I love when you explain, the way they express their pigness in their little pig life, if they're happy in the sun and wagging their little curly tails and, and you know, they're able to be a pig and not in conventional or even chickens or you name your animal in a feedlot stuffed in some cage where they literally can't move. They're butt to butt, back to back, nose to nose. They never see sunlight. They never move. They never, they never just get to be a normal animal. So of course, what are their neurochemicals? What's their biology going to be like? What would your biology be like if you lived in that condition? I know like me, if I don't move my body at least every day or two and get some sun and God knows get some sleep, I am a different person. I don't even like myself. I don't blame anybody for not liking me. So the same thing goes for our food sources is what I'm saying for all of us. That's why we're paying more, everybody, because we know that the life of this animal, however it was good, bad, or indifferent, is going to impact the biochemistry of the tissue of what are in the plant. The plants too. It doesn't matter if you're vegetarian. Plants are the same. They're all alive. They all have energy. They all have elemental spiritual nature to them. So regenerative farming and all that values that, knows that the lifestyle, the life value, the life experience of this creature being plant, animal, whatever, is going to impact the the, the product that's going to become our body. Because when you eat it, Sometimes we forget. It's like, this is literally going to become my skin, my hair, my nails, my eyes, whatever it is, the based on the stem cell, how it's going to express in my body. And I love that you talk about that. Can you please speak to that for us to really understand more? This is why we're paying more. This is why it's important to support the people that value and respect these animals. Sure. Yeah, Amy, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. So the organic label, I love this. I love this conversation. The organic label with, with meat generally only refers to what the animal was fed. Okay. okay? And, and, and great. You know, if, if the animals fed organic food, you know, conceivably that's a better situation. Uh, now, there are a handful of labels in the market. I want to say animal welfare approved is one. You don't see it very often. The point I'm trying to make, and it's a point you brought up that I want to drive home, is the environment an animal grows up in, I think we could argue, is more important than the food that animal is is fed. And, and, and I, I look no further than to the human species in that regard, yeah. if you rob, you know, you know this and your listener knows this. I mean, what, what do we, how do we torture people? Solitary we rob them of sleep yeah. and sunlight. We and, rob and them of sleep and, and, and human interaction, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and you could rob them of water and you could, you, you could rob them yeah. of food. I mean, there's, but, but, but if you really want to drive somebody to the, to the brink Basic, of, yeah. of, mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'll give you anything you want. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you starve them of sunlight, uh, human interaction sleep. and sleep. Yep. Um, our current industrial pork and chicken production model robs that animal of the sun. 
Yeah. Um, you know, again, pigs are my favorite animal. Uh, I have a company built on, on, on their fat. Uh, you know, regrettably in, in the United States today, I, I'm, I'm, do, I'm putting a talk together for, for Hack Your Health in uh, Austin right now, uh, here in a couple months. And I'm going through, st- I'm, I'm, love this. I'm studying like the, the hog industry from like the turn of the century to present day. And just, I'm learning, you know, I'm just drinking from a fire hose right now. Um, but, um, you know, the, the conditions with which, our, the, the the pigs in this country and the chickens in this country grow up in are absolutely beyond abhorrent. They're oh, yeah. terrible. Uh, they require it. It forces these animals to rec- to basically have to be reliant on various antibiotics and vaccines. Uh, most of the labeling laws. Uh, if you if you um, the label that says hormone free chicken, well that you know what that means. What. Hormone-free chicken means that they injected the hormones into the egg before it hatched. So technically, it's hormone-free. Steve, this is what just takes Oh, it, it's right terrible. Off. It's terrible. If you go buy a steak at the store and that steak is labeled product of the U.S., there is there is a high likelihood that the, the cow you're eating was born and raised in... Antigua or Brazil never never drew a breath of air on U.S. soil, was killed and 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 slaughtered slaughtered and 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 put on a boat and shipped up here and spent 24 hours in a USDA facility in the United States of America where they cut that steak up and stamped this is a product of the U.S. Meanwhile, most of the beefs grown in our country because. Our standards are really high. I mean, you know, give credit where credit is due. Our standards for American beef are very high. Well, apparently that fetches a premium in the, you know, in in overseas markets. And so all the really good American beef isn't even being sold here, which is hilarious. But let let me, let me drive this point home. Um, Every cow Every every head of beef in the United States or outside the United States gets grass for sixteen to eighteen months of its life. That is just that is just the the life of a cow. They're going to get grass, you know, that last month or and a half, two months in an industrial model where they're in a feedlot. Sure, it's it's terrible, but but every cow gets has has a pretty doggone good life until right up to the end. Pigs and chickens in the industrial model. It is, it is horrific from day one, from day one. And so, you know, one of the, one of the many reasons I I launched Pharaoh is quite frankly, to point the attention at, you know, I say this all the time, the swine is divine, but the lard is hard. This amazing creature, absolutely. There is no other animal like the pig on the planet. You know, how they fit into this regenerative you know, the, the cog in the wheel that they are in the regenerative farming model is just, there. There there's not another animal that will do what a pig does. They do it with zeal and zest and curiosity. They're, they're, they're just an amazing animal. And when you raise them right and, and, and raise them in such a way where they have one bad day, that's, you know, we should all be so lucky as to have one bad day. And when you do that, their, um, their meat is 
absolutely delightful and, and, and chock full of nutrition for us. Their fat is an amazing source of vitamins and minerals. It's unbelievable to cook with. And, uh, you know, candidly, it's, I think, the greatest, greatest fat on the planet for human skin and, and our, our own complexion. So, and to that point, the fat. Okay. So what we have to remember is that fat in any living system stores toxins. So whether it be the fat in a chicken, the fat in a cow, the fat in a woman, the fat in a man, the fat in a child, fat stores toxins. So, and this is why it's very important if people lose a lot of weight or they fast or any of this stuff that you have proper detox pathways in your body and you're able to properly detoxify because you're going to release a lot of toxins in your blood. And if you're eating an animal or like, you know, this whole carnivore movement or the keto movement and people eating a lot of animal fats or a lot of saturated fats or a lot of fatty meats, if these fats that they're eating are not from animals that were healthy, meaning regeneratively raged, biodynamic, organic, free range, yada, yada. So their fat biochemical profile is not the way it should be. You're eating the toxins that that animal sequestered away from its vital organs. You, you're eating that fat in your body and particularly organ meats and stuff like that, you never ever want to eat fat or organs from an animal that wasn't healthy because that's pulling all the toxins to save that animal's life. And then you're eating that. So all the more reason when you're eating something that is a high fat source to make sure it's from something that was healthy. Otherwise you're literally ingesting the toxins of that animal. And I don't hear enough people in our industry talking about that, but that's, I think, a very important point. Let's talk about the difference between lard and tallow, the pros and cons of each, and maybe if you could share with us the history of lard. Oh, sure. So uh, I'm, I'm going to throw a third fat in the in the mix just because we, we use predominantly three fats okay. right now. So um, leaf lard. So we've got, I'm going to go ahead and juxtapose them. On one end, you've got leaf lard. On the other end, you have tallow. Okay. So for your listener, tallow is a, it's really a placeholder catch-all term for the rendered visceral fat from a ruminant. All right. So we talked about herbivorous ruminant species. That's most commonly a cow, beef tallow, but you can have elk tallow, bison tallow, deer tallow, you know, sheep, uh, lamb tallow, goat tallow, any, but it's, but it's from specifically from the visceral fat. So the kidney fat of that animal. Okay. Leaf lard is, uh, if you hear the term lard, you're specifically talking about a pig. Again, tallow could be from a number of different, uh, types of, of ruminants, but the term lard is, is unique and, and specific to the pig. Leaf lard is the rendered visceral fat. So it's the tallow equivalent, right, from a pig. And then lard is the rendered back fat or subcutaneous fat. And and, and why the distinction and, and, and why does that matter? Uh, visceral fat, you know this, many, many people intuitively know this. Visceral fat is, is in many respects protected 
from environmental exposure. It's it's internal, it's organ fat, it's the biological function. You know, what what is fat for? Okay, well, visceral fat, the biological function is to pad and protect your organs, predominantly the kidneys. Okay. What is the role of subcutaneous fat, you know, belly fat, back fat? Well, the role of that fat is to store energy and, and vitamins and minerals. Um, everyone will know this, Amy. I just, I love this example. If you've ever been to the store and bought a, a you know, a conventionally raised ribeye steak, okay, the fat in that steak is white. Now, by contrast, if you went to eatwild.com and found you a local or went to Polyface or White Oak or one of these, you know, one of these pasture-based uh, grass-finished um, farms and bought and bought that same ribeye, the fat on there is yellow. Okay. Why the difference? Because in the two to three months that that feedlot cow goes off to get fattened up at the feedlot. The feedlot is devoid of beta carotene because beta carotene is a naturally occurring compound in grasses and forbs and, you know, lots of green leafy things that, that cows eat. None of that, none of that gets fed to them in a feedlot. So the beta carotene that has stored up in their subcutaneous fat over months and months and months of grazing, now all of a sudden they start leaching that beta carotene out of their subcutaneous fat stores, right? So that they can utilize it. And so, you know, it's just, so that's the role of subcutaneous fat is to store human beings. We store vitamin D in our subcutaneous fat. We store excess calories, you know, Think about storing up calories for the winter. You know, the whole the whole idea of a ketogenic diet, you know, is we're really good at converting carbohydrates in excess into subcutaneous fat. That's our species is really good at that because we had to make as much fat in two or three months as we could thousands of years ago because there was not going to be a green leafy ripe piece of fruit around for six six more months so anyway i, I feel like i got a little far afield there but tallow and lard tallow and leaf lard okay and then lard sits in the middle and and again the reason okay. the reason the lard is hard is because if that pig has a lot of negative environmental exposure, whether that be diet or environment, you know, lack of the sun, lack of, you know, overcrowded conditions, you name it, right? Then that is ultimately going to manifest in its subcutaneous fat. It's going to be stored toxicity. Health is stored the same uh, methodology as, as toxicity, right? It's, it's really just a matter of which environment are you in as a species, right? But we're going to store any any excess exposure. We're going to store it in our subcutaneous fat. Great, great. That was brilliant. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was very educational. I didn't know about this leaf lard. That's really cool. Even with when we talk about people being vegetarian or carnivore, and everybody's so darn confused. But regardless of what you choose to eat, there's one thing that's undeniable: is the bioavailability of food increases 
when like meets like, meaning that if you're going to eat an animal source of vitamin D or even a protein, it's going to be more similar to you because you are, we are animals, we are mammals. Mm -hmm. So So the the bioavailability of eating a protein or a vitamin or a mineral from an animal source is increased, meaning our body is going to utilize that nutrient much easier. It's much more facilitated than if it comes from a plant. Amy, you have, you have just stumbled into, I think the single biggest tragedy. Okay. And, and, and this transcends both food and skincare. Okay. okay. Is the idea we have all been hoodwinked into thinking that uh, vitamins and minerals that are unnaturally manufactured yeah. uh, are, or, and, and I would throw plant-based protein yep. in that yeah. basket, right? Because it's if, not you under, if you understand the, the, the chemical process Mm-hmm. involved in turning peas into pea protein that is as far from nature as possible so we have all been convinced that artificial uh nutrition is somehow on par with natural nutrition and that is and the same thing has happened with skincare right uh retinol Everyone's heard of retinol. If you're if you're into skincare, yeah. it's like retinol and hyaluronic acid and all these things. Well, retinol yeah. is just vitamin A. Okay. And vitamin A is naturally occurring in a healthy pig and stored in its fat. But 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 vitamin A that's manufactured in a lab and inserted into you have to think about the human capacity to metabolize those nutrients. And recognize, rec- your body has to recognize the molecular structure. And it's, if it's synthetic, you're, it's, it's not recognizable by your body. It's all, it's all proteins and building blocks and, rec- and breaking down things appropriately. And, and we, just, we have such a glaring example of this. So, you know, Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat got in a host of trouble. I mean, their stock price keeps plummeting and it makes me smile, but and listen, r- real quick, I have to say this. I, you know, I love all God's creatures. If you're if you're vegan or vegetarian out there, God bless you. I'm not going to tell you how to eat. I, I would appreciate you not telling me how to eat. But the single biggest lie that you have been told is that you are on a bloodless diet. And I, and I I just I have to make this point because it, it's a testament to how far removed so many people are from our food supply. Yeah. More animals, it, it, it is, it is, you can't imagine how many more animals are killed every day, every year to produce peas and kale and, and kale and, and soy and avocados mm-hmm. and almonds. It, it would, it would absolutely, I mean, and again, thank you for saying, talk that. to anybody. Talk to any farmer who tills the ground. All these animals and creatures are destroyed in planting your kale. Oh, so- and till- yeah, tillage is the worst. I mean, I, you know, I, I used to come in behind our cows. Okay. I used to come in behind our cows because I had, a, I didn't have a lot of cows. Yeah. And so, you know, in the grazing world, you want manage intensive grazing. You want to be able to bring that herd in and them just, just hammer, you know, that, that two acres. I, I didn't have enough, I, I didn't have the intensity. So, 
you know, I'd, I'd keep it small, but I would come in behind them with a bush hog and, and sort of let the bush hog do the rest of the work so that so that we're 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 setting off the cycle because you so know in thirty to forty five. That's a machine days, that tills the soils. That just for those of uh, us that aren't farmers, a, a bush hog is a really big lawnmower. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, so a bush hog okay. is so think about a, a, okay. a pasture and they've grazed it down. But you know, it's I only had I think at my at my height I had like ten head of cattle. Well, my God, you need like fifty head of cattle to really intensively graze something okay so i would graze them in an area and i would come in behind it after they've sure. moved on and i'd knock everything else down with a bush hog okay mm. and i can't tell you how many times i go through that field you know all, all well-intentioned you know all i'm here, here to do is just knock the grass down and you know you you'd you chop up a snake or yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd see a ground nesting bird, you know, you, and yeah. you just ruined their nest. And, you know, I mean, this is just, this is just the life of a farmer. Chipmunks, crickets, oh. I mean, squirrels, mice. I mean, oh, they're yeah. all, it's part of farming, folks. It's what's bringing us our fruits and vegetables. It's no different. So I, I just, no I want to bring that. It's, it's, you eat however you want. Okay. Yeah. But this, this moral high ground that That's they right put They're themselves on and and look down their noses at people like me. I, you know, and the sad thing, Amy, is that that community and people like me have way more in common. That's right. About how an animal should be raised. Agreed. Right? And the love and respect of life. It, love, and, respect. And I mean, reverence. it is such... Yes. It, it Reverence. That's... Thank you. That is the... So the first batch of pigs that I Gratitude. had, the very first batch, I had a sick pig. And, and, you know, I bought these piglets. They were, you know, freshly weaned. You know, this is oh my, my first. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, my gosh. How cute. And, and so I have this. I have. There were nine of them. And, and, and I have this one run and he won't grow. And he's, it, it's, and I in the first two months of having these pigs, I had to put this pig out of its misery. Oh no. I mean, it's part of being a farmer. That's why I don't know if I just, can do it. Like, I don't want to see you suffer no, that's anymore. Right. No, and it's it just, was, I mean, I'll never forget it. It was, yeah. it was my early, it's part of know, being a farmer. Hard day. That was, that was the hard day. Right. Right from the beginning but, you had. To. Oh my God. Right out of the gate. Like two months, you know, two months after the pigs, but yeah. Oh my God. It was, I, I, I had to do it. Yeah, okay. It was the compassionate to do thing it. to do. Just like when it got to the, the, the other eight, when they got to their healthy, it's, it's time to turn you into food. Oh boy. Okay. I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. Yeah. But but that's why life's so precious. It's so see, precious because it ends. And yes. so uh you know and again I I say it sort of tongue in cheek but I I mean it every time like my pigs had one bad day. Yeah. 
want. And we we can all only hope we have one bad day because the worst nightmare of all is a slow, long, degenerative death where you start to lose function, independence, you start to lose your mind, your body doesn't work, and it goes on for years or you're fighting a chronic illness. That is a nightmare. We can all only hope for a great life and die quickly one day from someone that appreciates and respects us. Because let me tell you, Charles, the best gift you can give those pigs, and all of us can give any creature, be it sentient, plant, or or animal, or anything, is to, like the Native Americans did in ancient cultures, is to thank that creature for giving its life. And now realizing that that death is going to promote your life. And what are you going to do with that life? What are you going to do with this creature that sacrificed its life for you to continue yours? Are you going to make something of your life and the energy that that creature gave to you? Or are you just going to waste it watching Netflix and laying on the sofa and complaining about how bad the world is? You know, and that's the way I look at it. Like, thank you for giving your life and giving me energy and focus and, and helping my body be healthy and strong so I can contribute to the world and live my destiny or whatever it is or whatever, or just enjoy your life. Maybe your aspirations aren't that lofty. Who cares? But just to do something of respect and to, to, to make it mean something, you know? Well, and, 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 uh, there's memes floating around about this, but, and also just out of respect for these animals, like let's make sure that we don't waste one iota of this carcass, Mm. you know, all all of our sausage, nose to tail. tail. Absolutely. I, uh, I need to introduce you to uh, James Berry. Do you know uh, Eat Pluck? Have you met James Berry? Oh my God. It's one of my favorite products. He was on my show episode 98. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. James, James and I are like bro- two chef. brothers from another mother. Like he's yep. handling the organs and I'm handling the fat. Great guy. But, great episode. Oh, yeah. I love Wonderful. Well, I, I didn't realize that. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, 98. And everybody plucks seasoning. That's the organ, organs with salt and seasonings. And I put it on. You can make pluck corn. I put it on my eggs. I put it on my, my salad. son. My son, Scott. 11 and he's my carnivore so i you know when he doesn't want to eat his vegetables i don't i don't really get mad at him at all he's a carnivore he just i mean it, it, all the sausage and steak and he, he'll just load it up but my god james's garlic zest yeah uh plug all of them all of them, all of them a, are great but, he's but a genius. it's like it's like catnip to scott i mean he yeah. won't put it down it's a, i just oh, ordered i just you know james is now he's got the 100 grand yeah, you know, yeah, like the, the bulk. big bulk bags Thank i just God. ordered two bulk yeah, bags of yeah, it yeah um but it's anyway to, to circle this up honoring the i mean that's another thing yeah we didn't so i'll tell you a really quick funny story the first pig that i ever killed okay the first pig that i harvested for meat okay i I, I told you the sad story about the runt okay and then fast forward you know six more five more months and these these pigs are ready to go to market okay Okay. and so i have i have a friend in atlanta two friends that were like we'll take half of of your first pig and 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 i did this wasn't my first pig like i had two pigs that i took 
because you got to go to a butcher and you got to see is the butcher worth a darn you know you got to you got to learn because you and, and my first pig experience taking him to a butcher was terrible like this guy the butcher literally butchered my pig like mm-hmm. the, the the chops are awful and you know you can't sell that to a customer he anyway what he's doing just like anything because, else gotta know yeah, what they're doing right. they're not that's all right. the same yeah that's exactly right yeah. and so finally find a good butcher okay clients who wants a pig these guys step up we'll take the first pig so i you know how do you want to cut up well you cut it up. okay chops and here's the butt and here's the shoulder and here's the hand you know just cutting everything up and make some grind and sausage and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. what do i do with the fat well i keep all the fat give me all the fat so i deliver this these two half pigs to my friends and uh luke if you're out there listening i love you luke's like what do i do with the fat and i'm like oh dude just grind it up render it it's the most you can cook with it and bake with it blah 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 blah. oh okay cool you know because i'm i'm not gonna waste fat not like yep. you ordered half a pig here's the half a pig Especially you know, if it was a fat animal. and all right yep. Yep. and uh my, my phone rings about about 10 days later 15 days later and luke and i very very dear friends longtime friends and he's like hey man next time you're down here just come get this fat like it's just gonna sit my i'm not gonna render it you know I, you know he's a city boy you know okay. and i was like okay and so it's like liquid part of the gold. reason oh yeah well part of the reason pharaoh exists is because i would go butcher pigs and i would i could i could never bring myself to say you know do away with dispose of the fat so i'm always bringing fat back and storing it in a freezer and i i've played around with you know making some soaps and bath bombs and i, I mean we got a whole bunch of other products that we're going to play around with um here here this year and next uh which is fantastic but Yay. you know it came it came time to like start start making lots of pharaoh and i'm like i had i got all the fat right here um but but i wanted to see what all we could do with with this waste product that's it i mean it's like this is the the least like the least utilitarian use of this is to make skincare out of it. Like we got to be cooking with it. We got to be doing all sorts of stuff with it anyway. Yeah. But as you know, as they say, Paul check, one of my friends and mentors, if it's on your skin, you're drinking it. So skincare, well, it's the same thing as eating it, you know, cause your skin is like a big stomach. It just gets absorbed. That's why we have medicines and creams and uh, medications that are delivered uh uh, dermally, transdermally, you know, in through your skin, patches and all these things, because your skin absorbs, it goes right to your bloodstream. So it's the same thing as eating it. So this is, this is fantastic. I mean, I want to get into your beautiful skincare line and, and why it's important, but I have to ask you though, you mentioned pig is your favorite animal and I want to know why. Oh gosh. Tell me about uh, a pig, Charles. Tell me about the pig life. They're they're highly intelligent animals. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, like dogs, they, right? They they say like dogs. I have heard that they. What I've been told is they have the cognitive um, ability of basically a three year old human. So if you think about a toddler and how much they can learn, uh, that's wow. a pig. Really? They so are, they trainable? Like, can you train oh, them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. There's people that have indoor. Yes. I mean, 
I, yes. I have a House one pigs. of my dearest friends in high school. His mother had a Vietnamese potbelly pig as a pet. <laughs> I house yes. sat for him. Oh God, that's hysterical. Oh, and, and this was this thing was you know 250, 300 pound pig. It was a dog. It was just a dog. It would go outside and use the bathroom, come back in. They are intelligent. Yep. They are they're omnivores, right? So everything's a potential meal. So they're they're curious. Okay. Right. They're and, and they're super gregarious. Yeah. Um, you know, can you get a bad pig? Yes. You know, when okay. you start looking at breeds and and you know, boar versus, you know, oh. um, yeah. Well, so you have so a female pig that's never had a litter is called a gilt. Oh. And a female pig that has had a litter is called a sow. Oh. A male that doesn't have his, his testicles anymore is called a barrow. Okay. And, a, and an intact male is called a boar. So you oh. have gilt and sow, barrow and boar. The pig market in terms of what you're eating, you're you're eating barrows and and more than likely um you know gilts. Okay. You know, the sow the sows and the boars, at some point you're eating the sow and the boar too, right? Because everybody ultimately punches that card. Our our breeding boar and sow were named Brutus and Olive. And Brutus and Olive were fantastic. Brutus was a red wattle uh, at his height i think it was about 850 pounds oh, you know just a little 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 thing oh yeah and uh olive oh, was a Leicester old spot or gos uh breed and uh at her height uh probably about 650 700 pounds when she was fully i think the biggest litter she ever had was maybe 12 piglets wow um all right, and what are the role of the pig in the ecosystem of a hobby farm, or the reason sure. why? Yeah, please. Yeah, great, great, great question. Unique. So, yeah, so woods want to become bigger. Okay, so if, if you think about a field or your yeah. lawn, you know, yeah. it's it's going to bump up against a woodlot. Okay, and so if you think about it in terms of over time, the woods want to encroach in on the field. Okay. Right, because a, a big old oak tree is going to drop its acorns, and and one of those acorns is going to sprout, right, and grow the next tree. So you think about the woods want to encroach in on the pasture. Okay. Well, pigs do a really good job of keeping them at bay because oh, pigs wow. love the woods, really? and oh yeah, they love shade and the woods, and they love really? they love old dead things. Because really? old oh, dead things have grub worms in them and all sorts of... Yeah, pigs love to root. A, a, a pig is happiest when it's, you know, got dirt to play, nose around in, and root. You know, if you've ever watched... If you if you ever get a close-up look at a pig and their nose, it is the most miraculous tool you've ever seen. Like, it... Really? It, it's as dexterous as our fingers, what do you mean? I've, it can like I, individuate the in nostrils terms of like how it can bend. I mean, you know, you so you oh. know, here's a pig nose. Imagine there's two holes right here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the top of the pig nose is a lip, like it's a it's oh my a, god, yeah. Oh, and it's it, it, think yeah. about like how our lips, I mean, it's unbelievable. I've watched a pig, that's awesome. I have watched a pig pick an acorn up off the ground, okay, with its with its with its mouth. 
and toss it around and and sh I have watched a pig shell an acorn with its teeth spit the shell out and eat the nut pretty impressive they're they're they're, they're unbelievable um That's so awesome. the the role they play is turning soil okay because okay. they like to root again they're, they're right. destructive they're, they're destructive yeah think uh, think about a four-wheel drive rototiller right that you know doesn't need gasoline that's a pig and so if you allow that four-wheel drive rototiller to till lightly till and then move on to the next spot right because if if you if you leave them anyways, again back to we talked about chickens earlier. If you leave chickens yeah. somewhere too long, you you have a moonscape. If you leave pigs somewhere too long, you have a moonscape. And so, yeah, moving pigs along, they eat. I mean, I I bet a pig is eating five to six pounds of dirt a year. They eat dirt. You know, is is going through. You know, and, and then what um, do you feed them, Charles? What what do you recommend we feed the pigs? Yeah, so so this is the complaint that a lot of folks have is you have to feed pigs you know you i mean well yeah. one pig you could probably <laughs> get away with you know all the scraps from your table and stuff oh, like really? that but you know if you want to grow if you want to grow two three four ten a hundred pigs you got to feed them okay, um but like, we would feed you, yeah what do you actually feed let's say you have a pig or two like people are like a hot like just yeah you, you just you just carrots. buy a, a non-gmo feed yeah oh but, um, but you supplement a, it with anything in particular to make sure it's healthy like a person eat protein does it does it eat uh, protein or they eat just vegetables pigs what will eat, eat anything pigs will eat anything they're an omnivore okay so so the foundation of a of the pig's diet it, it, again is going to be some type of milled or pelletized okay. feed okay, oh, okay. And, and and there's non gmo um, feed i would i would draw the line at non gmo i don't think you yeah. have to do organic uh for a pig to if if in a pastured setting yeah remember pasture the setting is arguably way more important than the food Fantastic. i would rather you feed you know there's all this soy no soy corn no corn I would rather have a pastured pig eating Snickers bars, right, than a than a than a pig confined pig eating organic soy free yes. blah blah blah, right? For sure. For sure. So uh, the the line I draw in the sand personally and professionally is non GMO. Um, the line I drew in the sand uh, for me personally, uh, again, I'm talking to your audience, and then we did a soy free. Uh, yeah. non-GMO freshly milled ration. And then there was a, a ration I would um I would get Nature's Crest, I believe is it's 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 a non-GMO, but it's pelletized. And part of the problem with a pelletized feed is there's a lot of heat that's generated during the pelletization process. And that heat can destroy a lot of the enzymes oh, that yes. are naturally occurring in the in the grain. Okay. But again, if if your pigs are out on pasture, they're they're gonna go nuzzle up to they're they're gonna go find an old stump or a or a a dead log and it's gonna have a grub worm in it and they're gonna destroy that log and they're gonna eat all this biodynamic you know mineral infested you know soil and it's you know they're 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 gonna ingest a lot of really interesting stuff um yeah, yeah. 
which I believe, you know, again, it, it, and, and they're getting sunshine, they're getting fresh water, yeah. and they're not spending too terribly much time in their own excrement, right? We're going to move yes. them on, you know, and, you know, and, and, and uh, our general turnaround time was about seven or eight weeks, eight yeah. weeks. So yeah. if I had, if I had the pigs here, right, then I move them on and move them on and move them on. Let's just say I move them in a big circle. If, if I, if depending on the rain fall and time of year and all that, but if I allowed that, that spot to rest eight to 10 weeks, then it's to totally bring the pigs back on it. Right. Do they, who, what are the natural predators to the pig? Like coyotes? I mean, well, I don't know. Do they have not like, really, but like, do you, not you know, really. like, cause chickens, I mean, baby, baby whole, pigs. It's a whole thing for chickens, like, you know, getting killed because foxes, coyotes, dogs, whatever. A lot of people have trouble keeping chickens if they don't have a predator protection dog. Um, do pigs have a similar problem? Do, yeah. Do you? Uh, baby do you have pigs to, have a little bit of a problem. Just the babies. Okay. Uh, just the babies and just aerial predation. It has been my oh. experience. What about just, like coyotes though? Like if you get your pigs. Well, you don't have, them. you don't have baby pigs without a mama pig. Okay, but and if you've never been around a 600 pound sow and she gets mad <laughs> and she can bite and run faster than Usain Bolt, okay, they can run fast. Oh, yeah, the Lord, Pigs 600 pounds, the earth machine. Well, maybe, maybe not Usain fast at 600 pounds, but if yeah. you've never seen a wild boar yeah, running no, through a field, I've heard of boar, they are yeah. fast, yeah, but you they don't are very fast animals. Yeah. Um, but no, so, okay, my, so my only my only problem with predation with my pigs in six years of farming was aerial predation when I had baby piglets. So Never had falcons, a coyote problem. Hawks, eagles. It was uh, it was uh, hawks mostly, hawks. Oh, or as we called them, farm pigeons. I have a lot of hawks. I got to watch them with my little dogs too. But oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. anything little. Anything little is a problem, but, but again, it, it, I was never worried with ground predation on my piglets. Okay. Because, and, and, and once a pig is 100, 150 pounds, which is four months old, oh, it's, I, first of all, you usually got more than one pig. You usually got yeah. three or four or five, 10 pigs together. Okay. And yeah, uh, predators are smart. Do you think you know, like maybe 50 pounds is okay? Or 50 pound pig? Yeah. Can a bird pick up? I mean, I would think something at least 50 pounds would be okay not to be picked up by a bird or no. Oh, for sure. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'd okay. say 30, 30, 30 to 40 yeah, pounds. Okay. Cause I was thinking yeah. anything under I watched a hawk. Is... I watched a hawk pick up one of my piglets and just get it up in the air enough to drop it to kill it. Yeah, exactly. And then go pick it up again. How much did it weigh? Oh gosh, it was a baby piglet. I mean, it probably like didn't weigh more pounds. than ten or fifteen pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say 15, 20 pounds below is dangerous. So when it above that twenty, you're probably okay yeah. with whatever the animal. Yeah. Because like I have dogs that are five pounds, and I have dogs that are sixty pounds. So yeah, but my five pounds, oof, I'm a nervous wreck sometimes when they're out there. But well, I mean it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's a That's legit concern. nature. Nature's uh, 
Yeah. What do they say? Nature's cruel, but it's fair, you know, yeah, something that's like right. that. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> hey, I, we got to get into this, oh, your, your product, this, okay. this thing that has changed my life before I let you go, because my goodness, what a, I love this conversation. Okay, everybody. So, you know, I'm all about mind, body, spirit, holistic health. I share with you products I love and use myself. And when I completely go gaga and out of my mind, I get you a coupon code and I put them on my e-store because I have to share it. I couldn't get Pharaoh on there fast enough. I love it. It's Charles's product. It's your baby. I am in the middle of winter. I have got major problems with this cold weather. I lather this stuff all over my skin, my hands, my face. I love it, love it, love it. My skin sucks it up. It's not oily. It doesn't clog my pores. It is saving me. I found you at the perfect time of year. Charles, share with us Smart Lard, why lard is so wonderful for our mind, body, and spirit, and uh, and how, just just t- tell us about this wonderful product, why it's unique. Sure. So, uh, well, you mentioned it. We're, we're the first lard. We lead with lard. So uh, a lot of the animal fat-based uh, brands out there, which there are some fantastic ones on the market, um, uh, but they, they're using predominantly tallow. We mm-hmm. love tallow. It's in our product, but we lead with lard. Uh, we have four products. We're, we're still a very young company, but uh, you know, if the, if the products are good, you don't need many of them. We have uh, uh, the one you just showed is our face food. Uh, comes in a one ounce, uh, really nice clean jar, scented or unscented. Uh, we have our skin food. I have one of those here. Uh, skin food, think neck down and face food sort of neck up. And then yeah, uh, Amy's showing the Epic Dermis that uh, that one we launched last year. Saving so Epic my Dermis. hands in the winter. Oh, yeah, Saving it's so good. So uh, it's a portable, packable. It comes in a, in an aluminum tube, and then we have a we have a CBD uh, sublingual elixir. Love I that. call it. I put that on my face as a serum. I want you to know. Oh, I, some people do I that, do. And, and 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 it can work like that. I, I I typically tell folks to put it under the tongue. Oh, yeah, I know. And I, you know what? Confession. I didn't read that before I started using it. I was using it as a serum. And then I saw, oh, wait, I'm supposed to put this under my tongue. I'm doing both. <laughs> Here's my confession. So, you know, I tell people this all the time. I'm sort of an idiot. I mean, I'm, an, I'm a fun idiot, but I'm an idiot, you know. And I think my lack of knowledge in skincare actually helps me in many it's respects. It's beginner's mind, Charles. That's, that's right. Yeah. Mind. Just, it's everything's benefit. new. And yes. and so when we launched my favorite cousin in the world, he, he, I, I brought him some and he's like, Oh, this, I love this stuff. It's, I use it on my face every night. And I'm like on your face. He's like, yeah, I, you know, like a serum. And I was like, Oh yeah. Skincare has got serums and people rub it. It was like, this is supposed to go under your that's what i did but it works both ways same it works both ways perfect everybody i use that first as a serum and i don't know it just it's such a nice texture and my skin absorbs it and it it's not greasy it's just miraculous and i think that goes back to what you were saying earlier that it's bioavailable the body recognizes it it's very similar cellularly the ph is similar the fat composition composition. (laughs) please tell us a little bit about why it works so well or what's unique about it yeah so we talked about this earlier pigs and humans share a lot of biology okay we're both monogastric omnivores we train our surgeons on pigs i I don't know if your listeners knew that or not but we we use pig parts yeah in in people uh we we will harvest uh we harvest hormones from pigs and use those 
And he, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, uh, testosterone, uh, you, you can, you can harvest, almost harvest uh, testosterone directly from a pig and use it directly in a human. Like the biology is, it's a spot on match. Okay. Pigs are four legged humans, you know, humans are two legged pigs. And so if and you raise skin, a healthy, the skin of yep. a pig is very similar to yes. human we, skin, literally yeah, the, the skin. only, the big difference we don't, they don't sweat. We do. Okay. Right. This is why pigs, why, there's a b bunch of different reasons why Go pigs wallow around in the mud. Uh, but a lot of it's to stay cool and to protect them from mosquitoes. Um, but pit, so lard, which is the rendered subcutaneous fat from a pig, uh, lard is arguably the most bioidentical substance on the planet to human sebum which is the natural oil that our glands produce. And so if you want to think about exogenous sources of, of human, human oil, uh, lard is, is ideal uh, for it. You know, skincare as an industry, Amy, really, we, we've been fascinated with, with glowing, healthy, happy skin for forever as, as a species, right? Uh, but skincare as an industry up until a couple hundred years ago was was a always reserved for the elite, like because the ingredient the, the the components in skincare were hard to come by. You know, mm. they were these wild, you know, uh, well, I mean, just think olive oil. Olive oil was is is hard to do pre-industrial age. You know, I mean, it's valuable, but you know, you got to press all those olives and this, that, and the other. Coconut oil, same thing. Um, and most humans were intimately involved in animal fat on a regular weekly basis because we were hunting and gathering, we were preparing, we were, yeah. So, and, and lard to, to tie it all together, lard was the preeminent fat for baking and cooking at the turn of the century. Um, it, 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 tallow was not tallow was uh predominantly used in making candles and also uh soap um right. as as a fat skincare is fat based right? for for, yeah. for everyone listening it's it's about fats now they've convinced us that plant fats and petroleum derivatives are really the best for our skin that's that's conventional industrial skincare is um plant-based fats, seed oil-based fats, and and petroleum derivatives. But, um, you know, Pharaoh makes the argument that, well, we say it, the lard works in mysterious ways, and it you're, you're a that. shining testimony to that. That's awesome. And that's what we just got to circle back on, everybody, to put a highlight on, is that it's about bioavailability. You know, when you're getting marketed, oh, it's plant-based. Like, it's a good thing. It's like... Not necessarily, you know, it doesn't mean your your cells are going to recognize it and be able to absorb it and utilize it as well as if something that's similar um, and just as easier for your body to use. So I love it. I am absolutely in love with your products and you were kind enough to give us a special coupon for my audience. Do you remember what it is, Charles? I, I do. And, and I want to say this, Amy, for your audience. Um, well, first and foremost, it's a, it's a real honor to be here. Uh, and uh, it was a pleasure putting uh, the uh, coupon code together. But I, I have to tell your audience, you ordered my product. You you bought yes. my product. And I, yep. and, and I say that because um, 
that that's not always the case. And you know, before I, before I asked you to be on the show, that, that's exactly right. I, I just want to bring that up. I, yeah, this, like I just I, I'm was a honored customer. to be here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm uh, incredibly yeah. honored to offer. You know, so Aphrodite is the is the coupon code. Our our website is pharaoh f a r r o w dot life. So pharaoh dot life, and you can do forward slash Aphrodite, or when you get into the shop and want to check out and save fifteen percent off your purchase, um, use the use the promo code Aphrodite. But I you know, I, I've been on other podcasts and, uh, you know, different people want to, you know, some people want, want, you know, Hey, can you send me the product? Let me try it. And anyway, oh, you, yeah, no. I just want to tell your audience, it, it, it's such a pleasure and honor to be here. And, and this is, this is how I love having these conversations is someone well, gets exposed to our product and it was, it, it's authentic and natural and organic. Like, so to reiterate, to reiterate what Charles is sharing with everyone, you guys, is that I, uh, like I had said at the very beginning of the show, and, and and if you're still with us, thank you for for still being here in our conversation. But I said at the beginning, I found Charles through Weston A. Price. And uh, that's when I just kind of on a whim was like, well, I'll try it. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And I was really impressed with Charles. So I, I figured, you know, it's it seems to be aligned with my values and my mission and and my principles. So I bought a bottle and I loved it. And that's when I reached out to Charles and said, Charles, I got to have you on my show. And then I was like, great, this will give me time to use the product for a little while prior to having you on with my audience. And then sure enough, right before you came on, I had to reach back out to Charles and say, Charles, can you provide a coupon for my audience? We got to get them to try this stuff because I love it. And this, so it all worked out perfectly. Um, And Everybody knows I wouldn't be sharing it, and I certainly would not have it on my website uh, if I didn't believe in it and use it myself. And that's why thank you for giving everybody a break and and uh, providing that coupon. Is just just enter Aphrodite at checkout and you'll save the fifteen percent, everybody. So Charles, my pleasure. Such an amazing thing. Any l- final thoughts to make you feel complete? Anything you feel like the audience should know, or we left out, or or just final words. Oh gosh. Well, I, I just really appreciate, uh, your curiosity around all of this and, 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 and willingness to try to connect the dots. I, I, um, again, we, we, before we even went live, we were just talking about all the different cross pollinated correlated, uh, wonderful human beings in the world. And so I'm just, I'm ever more hopeful that there are more people seeking, uh, messages like yours and certainly products and messages like ours. And so I'm just, I'm very grateful for our time today. So thank you, Amy. Me too, my friend. I, I serious, sincerely from my heart to yours, I, you know, like everyone, I think that certainly the people that subscribe to Awakening Aphrodite, we're a tribe, you know, we're, even if people like you and me, Charles, we never physically met, or at least not yet. And everyone listening, it's my dream that we all meet someday. It's my dream that we actually physically be together, but we already are connected. We're, we're connected in our spirits, in our philosophy, in our values, that we value life and respect nature and beauty and each other and sovereignty. And it's so beautiful when we, we find our own, you know, we find our people and then we, we're part of the answer. You know, your product is part of the answer and it's going to be something that I feel 
gives people hope, helps people be healthier so they feel better. When you feel better, you do better. That's what it's about because you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm done with the doom and gloom. There's enough scary stuff. There's enough, this is coming, that's coming. Let's be empowered. Let's focus on what we can control, what we can change, taking care of our own garden that goes with our internal landscape, being around the people that are making it happen, that are doing things that are good in the world, and let that build momentum and let's build our strength together. So I'm grateful to find you. I'm grateful for everybody walking this path with us. And I thank you so much again for being with us today, Charles. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Do check out Pharaoh Life, pharaoh.life. It's on my e-store at amyfournier.com. Just go ahead to that section of the store. And don't forget to enter the coupon Aphrodite, baby. Not baby, just Aphrodite. Aphrodite at checkout. Please let Charles and I know what you think. We'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.